I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Liz Wheeler here. Michael just welcomed baby boy Knowles number two to the world this week, so he is enjoying some well-deserved time with his family today. But don't worry, we planned ahead. Today, please enjoy this episode that Michael and Senator Cruz pre-recorded for you about the dangerous Democrat crime wave sweeping from coast to coast and what that has to do with Hunter Biden. In fact, since they recorded this episode, the allegations against Hunter Biden and the Fed's lack of action have grown even more concerning, and the crime in America's cities is not getting any better. In fact, next week on The Cloakroom over on Verdict Plus, the senator and I will build on this episode and explore what recourse citizens that are fed up with Soros-backed district attorneys and rampant crime on their doorsteps have. Can you sue the prosecutor in your own state? After you listen to this episode, make sure you head over to Verdict with tedcruz.com slash plus. If you use my promo code, it's Cloakroom, you will get your first month free on your annual subscription. Check out that episode and more. That's Verdict with tedcruz.com slash plus. Use promo code Cloakroom. Without further ado, here is Verdict with Ted Cruz. Drugs, violence, sex trafficking, extreme financial corruption abounding throughout the entire country. And those are just the crimes that Hunter Biden recorded himself committing. Imagine how much more is going on in the United States. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is sponsored by American Hartford Gold. If you're like me, then you are growing increasingly concerned about our future. Inflation is at the highest rate that we've seen, well, in my lifetime, in 40 years. 
interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts like Jamie Dimon, who is the CEO of JP Morgan, are not only predicting a recession, which we are in, and you don't have to be a biologist to know that, they're using terms like economic hurricane and unprecedented. If you want to protect your future, then do what I did. Call the only precious metals dealer that I trust, American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your hard-earned savings and your investment, your retirement accounts, by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call, and they will have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or into your IRA or 401k. And they make it really easy. They are the highest rated firm in the country. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, which means they have thousands of satisfied clients. And as an exclusive offer just for you, for Verdict fans, if you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver and a free safe on qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them right now. The phone number is 855-768-1883. That's 855-768-1883. Or if you prefer text messaging, you can text the word CACTUS to 65532. Again, the phone number is 855-768-1883, or you can text the word CACTUS to 65532. Welcome back to Verdicts with Ted Cruz. I'm Michael Knowles. Senator, I try to look on the bright side of things, but I'm looking at murders going up. I'm seeing corruption galore. I'm seeing violence breaking out in cities around the country. I'm seeing lawlessness at the federal level. Things aren't looking so hot. Well, sadly, the left embraces violence now. Uh, You look at this Department of Justice, Joe Biden's Department of Justice has become thoroughly political. Uh, We saw that with uh, Merrick Garland ordering the FBI to investigate parents as domestic terrorists. Uh, We saw that with, with Merrick Garland refusing to prosecute protesters at the homes of Supreme Court justices, despite an explicit federal criminal statute that makes it a crime to protest at a judge's house while a case is pending. These are protesters that that are inherently threatening violence, being at the home while your spouse is there, while your children are sleeping there. And we saw the violence escalate all the way up until someone arriving and being arrested finally for attempted murder of Justice Brett Kavanaugh. And and, and throughout it all, the Democrats, they continued their pattern, which is to embrace mob violence uh, to further their political agenda. We saw the White House press secretary urging people to keep protesting at the homes of Supreme Court justices. I, in, in our nation's history, I'm not aware of another situation in which the White House press secretary has urged the American people to commit a federal crime. Uh, we saw when people harassed and harangued Justice Kavanaugh uh, at a steakhouse in, in D.C., we saw Pete Buttigieg uh, encourage them and celebrate They're harassing and haranguing him. Mind you, this is just a few weeks after he had faced an attempted murder of a guy who came from California with a gun and a knife and zip ties to murder Justice Kavanaugh. And it is, this continues a pattern that we see going back for years, going back to 2020, going back to the Antifa and Black Lives Matter 
riots all across the country. Well, and there's a distinction between what you what you're describing here is there's the the violence on the ground, the BLM violence, the Antifa violence, the regular thugs in the streets who are attacking people and robbing people. That's one kind of lawlessness. But then there's this other kind of lawlessness you're describing, which is that the law enforcement arms of the government are looking the other way and in some cases actually encouraging the crime. Uh, sadly, that's exactly right. Um, Merrick Garland, he's given no justification. Listen, I've called on on Dick Dermott, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, bring Merrick Garland before the Judiciary Committee and have him testify about why he's not doing more to protect Supreme Court justices. I, I mean, it's worth pausing and reflecting. Had the Supreme Court itself not had marshals at Justice Kavanaugh's home, yeah. had the person who came there intending to murder him, had there not been a detail there that night, and he had he gotten into the house and actually committed his crime, had he murdered Justice Kavanaugh, that would have been an assassination, but not just an assassination, an assassination done with an explicit intent to prevent the court from ruling on a pending case because of the illegal leak, which again, Democrats refused to condemn the leak, and then we almost had an assassination in furtherance of, of the leak, and yet the Department of Justice refuses to do more to protect the judiciary. They refuse to follow federal law. And and listen, it's not just the Department of Justice. It's uh, Kamala Harris was raising money to bail out violent rioters during the Antifa and Black Lives Matter riots. And then you have the Soros prosecutors across the country who refuse to prosecute crime and who Joe Biden rewards one of the Soros prosecutors, Rachel, Rachel Rollins, up in Massachusetts. He nominated to be the U.S. attorney for Massachusetts, and every Democrat voted to confirm her. I mean, there is a pattern. And, and listen, I will say there is, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Because even in the bluest cities of America— these radical Soros prosecutors are going too far. San Francisco just recalled Chesa Boudin or Chesa Boudin. I never know how to pronounce his name. Nobody does. The, the, the Soros prosecutor there who is literally. So I was having this conversation with Heidi the other day that, 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 that Chesa Boudin is literally the son of two convicted domestic terrorists <laughs> who served decades in jail for participate, they were part of the Weather Underground. They that they were participated in in, in the Brinks uh, attack that resulted in two police officers being killed. That's who the Soros DA was. Was the child? Both his mother and father, yeah, were convicted domestic terrorists. Well, there's a recall effort underway too for George Gascon in L.A. Another another George Soros-funded radical left prosecutor. You saw this case out of New York. There was a, a criminal with a rap sheet a mile long who was actually already up on one charge, and he had, I think he had eight other crimes in his past. And he goes in to a bodega, and he starts getting rough with the, the guy working at the bodega. And the guy working at the bodega tries to leave, actually. He doesn't even try to fight back. The criminal won't let him leave. He's pushing him back down. Eventually, the guy does fight back, ends up killing the criminal. And 
what happens? Well, in New York, where they're, they're taking a radically pro-criminal stance, the, the poor bodega guy is now up on murder charges. So you're seeing consistently just what you're describing. The Democrats are taking the sides of the criminals, and we know how incentives work. If you, if you go soft on crime and you go hard on the victims, you're going to get more crime. So, look, Michael, as you know, the, the next book I have coming out is, is on exactly this topic. It's called Justice Corrupted how the left has weaponized our legal system. And it's coming out uh, Labor Day, so it's not out yet. You, you, you can't uh, read it yet, but you can go to Amazon and pre-order it, so you ought to go and pre-order it. And we'll talk about the book a lot more when it comes out uh, over Labor Day. But, but, but these issues, the lawlessness we're seeing, look, we saw this in, in L.A. with Kim Glass, you know, the, the Olympic silver medalist, volleyball player, Sports Illustrated model, who was coming out of a restaurant in L.A. and a crazy homeless man smashed her in the face with a pipe and, I mean, wounded her seriously. And and this is when you have district attorneys who won't prosecute crime, who release violent criminals, who get into office with the stated purpose of releasing violent criminals. Um, these Soros prosecutors, look, look the, what, what the left understood is you undermine our entire system of justice you know, an elected prosecutor has vast power. They have the power, A, of whom to prosecute. And there, there's an old uh, saying that, 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 that a prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich. And, and the reason for that is, is when you go before a grand jury, the criminal defendant is not there. So the other side of the story is not presented. It's just the prosecutor's story that gets presented to the grand jury that yields the indictment. So that's one piece of it, is they can weaponize law enforcement to go after their political opponents. But the other piece that is every bit as dangerous is they can choose whom not to prosecute. And, and we see this in the Department of Justice, whether it is targeting parents because they dare speak up against sexual assaults in schools and critical race theory, or whether it is not targeting friends and allies of this White House. And the most obvious example, which you mentioned at the outset of the, of the show, uh, is Hunter Biden, which this Department of Justice, uh, it, it, at this point, it boggles the mind. What exactly would Hunter Biden have to do and film himself doing for this profoundly political Department of Justice to say, OK, enough already that actually, uh, OK, you can have a video where you're measuring out cocaine with a prostitute, hey, come on, does, doesn't every kid of a president do that? Who doesn't? You know, you, you, you can lie on the form to purchase a gun. You know, I mean, really, doesn't everyone violate federal law to do that? And, and this DOJ turns a blind eye, and it's why I have long called for a special prosecutor, because Merrick Garland, Joe Biden's handpicked prosecutor, I have zero confidence that, that this DOJ will be willing to enforce the law out of pure political favoritism, there needs to be a special prosecutor to examine, at, at this point, just the, you know, the, the damn laptop and, and the videotapes of him that certainly on the face of it appear to be uh, committing serious crimes. Well, so this, this is the, the third kind of lawlessness that I really wanted to get to because, sure, you got the lawlessness of the criminals on the streets and, sure, you got the lawlessness of the law enforcement agencies that look the other way. But this, this third one where you've got people very closely associated with the White House, possibly, possibly implicating the president himself, are committing 
the crimes. This is probably the most scandalous form of, of lawlessness here. And yes, it's the drugs and yes, it's the hookers and yes, it's the guns. And yes, it's, I, I, I'm not sure that Hunter Biden has ever committed a crime that he didn't film. If he did, I can't even imagine what those crimes are. Well, well, there is there there is at least one which which is remember Burisma. I mean, verdict started right. with the whole he got paid eighty three thousand dollars a month to be on the board of a Ukrainian natural gas company when he didn't know anything about natural gas. He didn't know anything about Ukraine, but you know he he d- did know enough to say ten percent for the big guy. I, I, right. I mean, it. I, I don't know that he videotaped himself going to board meetings in Ukraine and providing nothing of value other than being the son of Joe Biden. But we do have uh, records that we well, we, we do yeah. have records here. I mean, so this this is the biggest crime of all. I mean, putting the drugs and the women and the wine, women and song aside, if if Hunter Biden, as it seems pretty clear he was doing, was peddling U.S. influence, selling his father's influence while he was vice president, potentially while he's still president. Now, after we already heard about the laptop, now we're hearing about Hunter Biden's cell phone. There seems to be a lot of evidence that he did set up a crooked deal with a Chinese energy company and was giving uh, China sweetheart deals and access to American energy. This while America is in the midst of a major energy crisis. News breaks just within the past couple of weeks, past few weeks, that uh, Uh, Joe Biden is selling oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to China. Why are we giving our oil to China? Doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, That seems to be a much more serious crime that involves me, that involves my political order, much more so than whatever crack Hunter was smoking. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's take the the last example you gave, because it it, it raises a very serious specter of corruption. And and, and if if you you look so the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is, is designed to protect America in a time of crisis, typically military crisis, where, where we need to be able to access energy. And Joe Biden has been using it because suddenly the White House realized, oh, crap, people don't like five, six, seven dollar a gallon gasoline. And so he's been releasing oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, hoping to lower the price of gas. Um, in November 2021, Biden ordered the release of 50 million barrels of oil. Uh, March 1st, 2022, he ordered the release of 30 million barrels of oil. March 31st, he ordered the release of 180 million barrels of oil. And he has said that the Strategic Petroleum Reserve will continue to release 1 million barrels a day all the way through October. So, So right now, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve has fallen to its lowest level since 1986. On top of that, as you just referenced, it's been reported that more than a fifth of the barrels released from the SPR were exported to Europe and Asia, including China. And China may now control the world's largest stockpile of oil. What's been reported as total crude inventories estimated at 950 million barrels. So, just on that front, I, I've introduced legislation to prohibit the federal government from selling oil to China and Russia and Iran and North Korea, that, that, that Biden needs to stop helping our enemies. What was the argument for selling them the oil in the first place? Well, we've got gas prices at $8 a gallon in America. Look, the Biden administration systematically does every foreign policy decision wrong. 
Um, they've been soft on China from the beginning. They've been soft on Russia. I mean, we've talked at length in the pod about Nord Stream 2. Biden waived the sanctions on a Russian natural gas pipeline, which caused the war in Ukraine. This has been a pattern. Biden has has sent the State Department to, to Iran and Venezuela trying to get them to produce more oil. When it comes to energy and our enemies, take whatever common sense you can think of, turn it upside down, and that is the Biden policy. But here's the corruption piece of it. So not only is it weakening America and endangering us and just stupid, but also, so the Washington Free Beacon has reported that 950,000 barrels may have gone to a Chinese state-owned gas company that has financial ties to a private equity firm co-founded by Hunter Biden. And here's the facts as has been reported. In April, the Department of Energy announced the sale to Unipec, which is the trading arm of Sinopec. Now, what is Sinopec? Sinopec is wholly owned and operated by the Chinese Communist Party. Unipec reportedly purchases oil all across the globe and then sells it through its Sinopec marketing subsidiary. Now, what does this have to do with Hunter Biden? Well, Hunter Biden founded BHR Partners, which is a private equity firm in 2013. He co-founded it. That firm reportedly purchased a nearly $1.7 billion stake in Sinopec Marketing in 2015. And at one point, Hunter Biden owned a 10% stake in BHR, BHR Partners through his wholly owned firm, Scant Itellies. I don't even know what that means, but uh, Scant Itellies, uh, Scant Itellies. Maybe it's, it's Scanty uh, Telephones. I, I, I don't know what that means. Scant Itellies LLC. Right now, it's not clear whether Hunter Biden still has a financial stake in BHR partners. So Biden's White House has repeatedly claimed in 2019 and 2020 that Hunter Biden was out of the equity firm. But the Chinese corporate records still show he has a stake in the company. And I got to say, it is amazing that our corporate media seems to have zero interest in reporting this. So, so, so this, this, this came from a report in the Washington Free Beacon. But where's the New York Times? Where's the Washington Post? You know, the Washington Post slogan is democracy dies in darkness. They've chur- churned what used to be a slogan into their motto that this is what they want, more, <laughs> de- more darkness to kill democracy. Like, holy crap. How do we not know if Joe Biden's administration is selling oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve purchased with your and my tax dollars to a company owned by the Chinese Communist Party that Hunter Biden may or may not still have a stake in. He used to have a massive stake in it, and it's not clear if he sold it. And how does the media not care? And where is the Department of Justice? This is lawlessness, because I guarantee you, If his name were Michael Knowles, the G-men would be a Colin. Yeah, I'd be in an orange jumpsuit right now. And there are just so many layers to it. I mean, it gets to kind of my exasperation earlier with even the fact of us selling this oil right now to China is you think to begin with, 
Hunter Biden is obviously the biggest blackmail extortion risk you've ever seen in American government. The guy has recorded virtually every crime he's ever committed. I guarantee hostile foreign powers have more stuff even than we have seen right now. So that's a really bad sign. You've got lots of evidence linking Hunter Biden's business dealings to Joe Biden. Joe Biden has come out and said, I have nothing to do with it. I have not even spoken to my son. No conversations about his business dealings. Hunter Biden contradicted that during a televised interview, and then he realized he wasn't supposed to contradict it, tried to walk it back. Now, because of the laptop, we have a voicemail from Joe Biden referencing Hunter's business dealings overseas. So we know that Joe Biden lied about that. Seems pretty clear to me that there is some connection here between Biden and Hunter's business dealings. Obviously, just on the face of it, Ukraine and China are not doing business with Hunter Biden because he's such a great businessman with such expertise. The guy is a complete degenerate. And the only reason they're working with him, obviously, is because of his last name and his connection to the then vice president and now president. So you've got all all of that corruption. And and I guess my my exasperation comes most from my feeling that no one is ever going to do a damn thing about it because of the lawlessness in the federal law enforcement agencies. Well, I, I'll say a couple of things on this. One, when we were in the impeachment trial, uh, the first one, I I was urging the Trump defense team to get into this further, to get into the facts, to call Hunter Biden as a witness. Remember, we had a whole fight about whether to call witnesses and the Trump defense team decided they didn't want witnesses. And I got to tell you, I, I was urging them, look, you would be well advised to get to the bottom of what actually happens, because on the face of this, this stinks. Yeah. And 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 drilling down and 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 using this as an avenue to expose the truth, I think, was a real missed opportunity. At the end of the day, the the Trump defense team decided not to do that. And I said, look, I'm not going to try your case for you. You got to decide what your defense is. But you're missing a real opportunity not to uncover this corruption. Secondly, you know, it was interesting during that impeachment, I got a call from someone who was a former, very senior official in a previous Republican administration who told me, he said, Ted, people are missing the real consequences of Burisma giving $83,000 a month, a Ukrainian natural gas company, to Hunter Biden, who knows nothing about natural gas and doesn't speak Ukrainian. Which is, look, Hunter has been a troubled soul his whole life. And he has no doubt been a financial burden to his father his whole life because the guy is a mess. I yeah. I feel bad for him. He's he's clearly got huge issues. He's he's a struggling yeah. and tortured soul. But but the point that that this fellow made to me is by giving Hunter $83,000 a month, that's functionally the same as putting it in Joe Biden's pocket because it means that he doesn't need to support his son anymore. It's relieving Joe Biden of the financial burden of taking care of a deadbeat son. And, and that set aside the whole 10% for the big guy and whether Joe Biden was directly getting uh, cash from these deals, simply taking Hunter off the, uh, off of the ledger, right. off the dole, is a really big benefit for Joe Biden personally 
And and let's take another aspect. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's the, at this point there's so many of these scandals it's hard to even keep track. But you know, Hunter Biden, the artist, which I put in quotes, selling his art, which I put in quotes, for like five hundred thousand dollars a painting. I mean, what a stinking corrupt way. If you're and and the Biden White House has refused any modicum of transparency. Um, what a great way for any bad actor who wants to funnel cash to the Biden family to buy a horrific piece of art and just send a bunch of cash. And and if there was even the tiniest bit of confidence that the FBI would investigate that the Department of Justice would bring charges if criminal laws were violated, that would be one thing. But that goes back to why I've called for a special prosecutor, because I have 0.0 percent confidence that Merrick Garland and this Department of Justice will be willing to do that. This is such a great point on the art that I I hadn't really occurred to me with this kind of clarity. But Hunter Biden made all of his money in his career peddling his father's influence. When he came under the microscope, when all of the eyes were on him, he no longer could do that. Suddenly he's inspired, a man who's probably never picked up a paintbrush in his entire life. He decides now I'm going to become an artist because it was the next easiest scam to funnel money into the Bidens. And so you say, okay, here are my doodles on a canvas. Give me half a million dollars, please. And and people do it. And as you say, there's no transparency at all. We don't know who's been buying this art. Look, the only thing more crooked than that, Michael, would be if he published a book with no words in it. No, that he, not even Hunter <laughs> Biden would do something like that. That would be uh, he, simply. He, he's not that creative. He's no. not that clever. <laughs> that would be beyond the pale. So <laughs> what, what you're saying is, and I, I think this is right, we're not going to rely on the FBI. The FBI sat on that that laptop for, for years, right? For a year and a half or, or more, two and a half years. So th- they're not going to do anything about it. Biden's DOJ isn't going to do anything about it. So the, the only hope that we have to see any justice done here is a special prosecutor. What do you think the odds are that we get it? Zero. <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's any chance. The, this is a lawless administration. It's why I wrote the book. It's why I, like, we've never seen the lawlessness. What Richard Nixon attempted, yeah. Barack Obama succeeded in, and Joe Biden took to the next level. Hmm. And, and, and it is it's it's one of the reasons why the November elections matter so much, because if we have congressional majorities, I hope we see Congress investigating this. Now, it's going to be incumbent on Republicans to actually do something and to have the courage to get into this stuff. But even if Congress investigates, it's only the Department of Justice or a local prosecutor that can bring criminal charges. The, the legislature doesn't have the ability to bring criminal charges. Only the executive can. As long as we have a lawless executive, the criminal law will be used as a weapon rather than uh, a fair principle to hold everyone accountable. Right. And it's it's not that you can just isolate one of these three parts, the the lawlessness on the streets, 
does pertain to the lawlessness in the enforcement agencies, does pertain to the criminality coming from the people who are associated with the White House. It's such scandalous criminality. You, you've really got to tackle all of them. And uh, that's that's a much bigger fight. Before we go, we do have some questions. You brought up Ukraine. So I, I did want to get to this two-part question from a Verdict Plus subscriber, Godzilla. First part, if China invades Taiwan, how long will that take? Uh, presumably, I guess what's being implied here is how long will it take before China conquers Taiwan? And then the second question, who will win the war in Ukraine in whichever order you like? So I think those two questions are related. Um, rewind to when Biden had his catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan and surrendered to the Taliban. Um, I think that had massive repercussions. I said at the time when he did that, I said, the chances that Russia invades Ukraine have just risen tenfold. I said the chances that China invades Taiwan have just risen tenfold. Um, if you asked me six months ago, I thought the odds were very high, substantially higher than 50 percent, that China would invade Taiwan before the end of, of Biden's first and I suspect only term. Um I think those odds have dropped, and I think that those odds have dropped significantly because I think China is watching what's happening in Ukraine. And, and I got to tell you, at the beginning of the war on Ukraine, and, and I think Joe Biden and his appeasement and capitulation to Putin, especially on Nord Stream 2, is what caused the war on Ukraine. But when that war started, the entire Biden national security team the Defense Department, State Department, the CIA, all of the intelligence community briefed Congress with multiple classified briefings. And, the, and they said over and over again, they said, this war is going to be over in a couple of days. Putin's going to come in, wipe out Ukraine, take it all over. Ukraine has no prayer. And there was not a dissenting word. The Joint Chiefs, I mean, they were every single national security figure said, couple of days, it's all over. Right. No chance of anything else. That was wildly, completely, disastrously, catastrophically wrong. Of course, nobody's lost their job. Just like after Afghanistan, nobody lost their job. This is the most consequence-free administration. You can screw up everything. And there are no consequences in the Biden administration. I, the reason, one of the reasons why the war in Ukraine has taken so long as the Ukrainians, I think, are fighting heroically. I mean, you've got grandmothers throwing Molotov cocktails at Russian tanks. Yeah. Uh, I also think the United States and Europe has stepped in and provided very substantial military assistance. That has mattered. But the effectiveness of the Ukrainians in defending their own homeland is a factor Putin didn't count on. And I think Putin's army has been a lot less effective than he expected. They've had problems with logistics. They've had problems with execution. It hadn't been good. I think she in China is watching all of this and saying, gosh, invading Taiwan might not go well. I don't want to be, I think she may be thinking, where Putin is. This is a mess for Putin. So on the question, what happens in Ukraine? I don't know. Um, I believe a victory is possible. Um, part of a victory involves energy and taking away Russia's energy customers by having Europe shift from Russian energy to buying from America and buying from our allies that are not Russia. 
Um, but it could easily take a while. It's taken a while so far. I don't know how long it will take. You know, the Biden foreign policy team said it would take a couple of days. We know that was wildly wrong. It seems to be dragging on. Listen, Russia was in Afghanistan or the Soviet Union was yeah. in Afghanistan for what, a decade? So does this become a quagmire that, that Putin gets dragged down in? I don't know. It Maybe. I do think the greater cost Russia pays for it, the more deterrence there is to China invading Taiwan, because Taiwan has a significant military. They have significant weapons. They have significant financial resources. I mean, one of the reasons Taiwan is, is perceived as such a threat to China is Taiwan, the people there are ethnically Chinese. There's no difference between the human beings in terms of their background and ethnicity. There's no difference between the people on Taiwan and the people in mainland China. But the standard of living in Taiwan is, is orders of magnitude greater because they're a free market capitalist economy and not, not a communist economy. And, and, and they also are, are a democracy. They, they, they enjoy human rights and freedoms. And the Chinese dictators are terrified that 1.3 billion Chinese people will look over at Taiwan and say, wait a second, why is their life so much better than my life? Like, what's the difference? The difference is their government system works, their economic system works, and ours really stinks. Mm. One consequence of that is that potentially makes Taiwan more formidable. Now, the Chinese army is much, much bigger. But you know what? The Russian army is much, much bigger than Ukraine's. And so I still think the risk of China invading Taiwan is disturbingly high, but I think it has dropped dramatically the last few months. Hmm. That's, that's some bit of hope, I guess, to restore some global order even amid the recent chaos. We've got to reinstill some order by leaving things right there. If you have not subscribed, go subscribe on all the podcast platforms, Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Become a Verdict Plus member over at Locals. In the meantime, until next time, I'm Michael Knowles. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is being brought to you by Jobs, Freedom, and Security PAC, a political action committee dedicated to supporting conservative causes, organizations, and candidates across the country. In 2022, Jobs, Freedom, and Security PAC plans to donate to conservative candidates running for Congress and help the Republican Party across the nation. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hannah Storm and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.